And when I went to the hospital and I was in like a, like kind of a good mood for how crummy I was feeling. And the doctor looked at me and was like, you know, you're in a really good mood for feeling so horrible and of what you're going through. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, because I don't have to work right now. And that was such a huge wake up call where I was like, it's okay to admit that you're not happy. It's okay. If things aren't working out, you do not need to stay there for a full year to prove yourself, to prove society, to prove to mom and dad, to prove to your friends that, Hey, I made it to a year. I'm good. This is going to look good on my resume. It's not you giving up. It's seeing you recognizing that enough is enough. Hey friends, real quick for today's episode. This was actually released back in July of 2021 and quickly rose to the top of my most downloaded episodes. In fact, over a thousand people have tuned in to this episode specifically, and that's saying something. So as you're listening to this episode, I want you to know that there's an update as it's been two years Almost exactly, I have had an additional conversation with this anonymous guest and she shares an update about what has happened in her life since we recorded this episode. So after you check out this episode, check out episode 235 for an update on where she's at today. All right, enjoy. This week is a little bit different because I have a guest who wished to be anonymous because of the information she was sharing. She wanted to share her full experience and be pretty transparent as much as possible. And for that, we felt that it would be helpful to remain anonymous. So she is sharing her experience on leaving a toxic work environment And I know so many people post about being in one and how to leave a toxic work environment. And as I was working with this client, she did such a good job of really remaining level-headed through it all. And even though things were so tough, making sure that she made the time to apply for jobs and hold some space for that and then hold space for those rejections and people not getting back to her and continuing to work forward and honestly I know that I am obviously a big proponent in finding some sort of support system and sometimes that can be a mentor it can be previous co-workers who are really helpful for you who you've built really great relationships with but I'm a big cheerleader for finding a right career coach for you because if you don't have someone to check in with and hold yourself accountable it's easy to push it off and say oh I'll start applying for jobs next month or I'll start applying for jobs when this happens and then a year goes by and you're unhappy Trust me, as a career coach myself, I've been in that position where I wasn't very happy. I was getting paid absolutely pennies for the work that I was doing. And I still kept doing the work day in and day out because I didn't create a plan. I didn't create what I wanted for those next steps. So I will sit here and say, as myself, not having had a coach to check in with, I pushed certain things off way longer 
and held that job for much longer than I feel was necessary. So if you're in that position where you're thinking, oh, I'm in a toxic workspace, oh, I'm in this, oh, I'm in that, and continuing to put yourself through these hard things, because as my guest will say, she had insurance, she had a job during COVID, and things that she felt like she should be grateful for, but it was still a toxic environment, and she was able to pull through that and say, you know what? Yes, I'm grateful for these things, but there is another company out there who's going to offer me amazing things and where I'm happy and where I'm feeling like I'm succeeding and growing and I'm going to have a job and I'm going to have great insurance and all of the other things. So there are so many better things out there for you. And if you don't believe it, trust me, I will help you open up your eyes to it. So there is a plug on why I believe that career coaches are very helpful and can help you not only when you're looking for a job, but when you're looking to grow within your career. If nothing else, joining Facebook groups or going to local events where uh, they are talking about how to become a better employee at your job. How do you make yourself more marketable? All of these things that you can do virtual or in person, I highly recommend doing something at least once per quarter that you're getting involved and out of your comfort zone. All right, well, let's go ahead and get into today's episode. We're going to be talking all about leaving a toxic work environment. So to my anonymous guest, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Nicole. So grateful and honored to be here. Beautiful. Well, then we will skip all the introductions for your anonymity and we'll just kind of jump right into some questions. So how long were you working at your job before you started feeling like it was becoming toxic? Sure. Just, you know, for context, I was there for 18 months and I think you know, it was kind of like a gut, like I'm very intuitive and it was kind of a gut feeling even before I signed on. And it was more kind of for the perks, like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be making 25,000 more than I ever was. Okay, cool. Let me sell my, my life over, which in the long run, it it just, for me, that's never, you know, when you're putting the materials before your heart and, and your gut, it's never the right thing to do. But I think things really started to show when COVID hit, I was hired about a couple months before COVID really hit the United States. And from there, I saw our company go from a team of 47 to seven overnight. And it was just so easy, so disposable, how people just kind of like wash people away, which I understand from a business standpoint, you know, sometimes you have to do that, but it was just so like, boom, so quick. And then kind of all hell broke loose from there and Mm -hmm. things started really to shine. So it, it was definitely pretty fast. Wow, that is crazy. Do you feel like, I mean, obviously it sounds like from the beginning there were a couple of potential red flags or concerns. You still went ahead with things. And then was it the way that these layoffs or firings were handled? Or maybe how would you describe why it was becoming toxic? Well, it was how disposable it just 
kind of came off of and there wasn't really any any heart behind it and Mm -hmm. you know I I come from a super heart-centered place I do not like surface level conversations they're very difficult for me everybody I worked with it was all about who had the fanciest car who had the most money who was just rising to the top who is constantly living to work and I'm not that person like I work hard I was raised with great values and I put that in my work but at the end of the day, I think balance and coming from a genuine place is super important. And a lot of the people I was surrounded by were not that. And that's just not really what vibe with me. Definitely. Were there any signs maybe that you first saw or a moment that things happened to you? So you're saying the massive layoff of other employees was certainly disheartening. Was there any moment for you specifically where, whether it was an interaction with another leader or a team member that you thought, okay, maybe I do need to start looking for something else? Yeah, definitely. So probably a few months after the start of COVID and the layoffs, our company, it was just like every single thing that you could think of that could go wrong started going wrong. And I managed an entire department and a lot of operations, a lot of logistics. And we got a new general manager who didn't know what she was doing, had no experience. And you know what, like kudos Mm -hmm. to the company for giving her a chance. But quick to realize how much intense micromanagement was there, how much intense, like, get it done, get it done, get it done, show up, show up, show up. Like you better be working on the weekends. You better be working 10 to 11 hours a day. I mean, it's like in this recent year, they redid their contract and in the contract, which I refused to sign, it said, you know, okay, you're supposed to be working 11 hours every single day, like nights, weekends, holidays, you show up for this company because you're supposed to believe in it. And it's like, what? Like, I am not about to sign something to sell my soul over for this. At Mm -hmm. the end of the day, and I just want to remind everybody, like, I'm not going to give away the company or anything, but it's such a simple, at the end of the day, it's not brain surgeons here. And it's just like, there was just so much pressure from the top. And it was just constantly breathing down our throats. And it's like, we have COVID going on. I'm at home working alone, you know, because it's like nobody respected the COVID protocols in any way during this whole time, which was so uncomfortable. And having to like stand up for yourself in that sense where it's like, I just learned all the time the leader that I never want to be in this job. And I know that answer was so all over the place because I just have a lot of things to say. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I totally relate in so many ways. Obviously, we have different types of working backgrounds, but it really does break down to the type of leadership you had, right? It seems like maybe if covid didn't happen, do you think that maybe the experience would have been different? No, I mean, that place was a nightmare even before. And, (laughs) you know, just full transparency. I got close with somebody who she ended up getting laid off. And, you know, we actually got really close after she was laid off. And and she just kind of explained to me her experience who had been with the company a lot longer. And throughout my time, like, people were just leaving like the last seven that were there like people were like I'm out I'm out 
I'm getting a better experience. Like one person like was pregnant and I was so happy for her and congratulated mm-hmm. her when she got pregnant. And the first thing she said to me was like, well, I'm really nervous what the general manager is going to say. I know this is really not the right time to get pregnant because all this pressure. And I was in my head just saying, you have got to be kidding me. This is such a pivotal moment in your life. And the immediate first thing is that you're feeling so much pressure from the general manager where you can't even enjoy the fact that you're pregnant. Like that is so unhealthy and blows my mind. Yeah, that is wild for sure. I, I don't envy you for the situation that you were in and all that you had to endure. And it's, interesting to me that companies don't think of the team members who are being affected through these decisions and then that new uh, management that came in who clearly was not in alignment with how you and other team members wanted to work and clearly when you see massive layoffs people do think okay well I'm kept here for what reason and I should probably start looking elsewhere because I could be next. I worked for a company where that was the case where several of us got laid off and then other people were worried about their jobs. It's hard to go into work totally thinking that everything is fine when they know some of their really close colleagues recently got laid off for little to no reason. So I can only imagine additional stress on top of COVID and change and quarantine. That sounds extremely stressful. Well, and there was no boundaries. Like it was a boundaryless organization and how the team communicated. And, you know, I would be working 12 to 15 hour days and it was never, it was like, okay, thanks, but what more are you going to do? Okay, thanks. And, you know, I think like the really most pivotal moment, which is where I ended up getting connected to you because I realized how much, because for me in my head, it was like, well, no, you're happy. You're happy. You like what you do. You need to stay. You need to stay. You need to stay. Mm -hmm. And after months of just pure chaos and stress and this toxic energy and force coming at me along with everything in in my personal life going on, not just with COVID, but like, you know, are part of all the wildfires that were going on. It's like a trillion degrees. And, you know, I haven't seen anybody in so long. And it's kind of like, okay, yeah, the world is burning around you and not like, hey, how are you feeling right now? It's like, so are you going to get this order out? Is the, what's going on here? What's going on here? You need to do this. And it's all through these like aggressive texts. And then it's like, mm-hmm. well, how can I support you? And then I have a phone call with this person. And then it's like in one ear and out the other and no action is needed. And I'm like, I could never be that leader. I'm not that leader. But going back to what I was starting this off with is after so many months of working these very long days, I just, you know, I'm a religious person and I just remember like dropping to my knees and like looking up and praying to God and be like, please, like, I can't keep going like this. Please help. Please help. Please help. And the next day I woke up so sick, so sick that I had to go to the hospital because my body broke and it wasn't COVID. It wasn't the flu. Like I got tested a billion times for them both. (laughs) I'm sure it was just my body just broke down. And what did I do because of all the pressure, because we're such a smart team, 
you know, they didn't have any support or anything. I had like a 102 degree fever at nine o'clock at night on a Saturday, working out logistics and stuff. And I should have done a better job, you know, I coulda, woulda, shoulda, and mm -hmm. I learned a lot from it, but I could have said no. But I am also like, I don't want this company to fail. I might not believe in all the people, but I do believe in this company and I believe in myself and who, what I'm doing to help this company because I was super essential as a part for that. And when I went to the hospital and I was in like a, like kind of a good mood for how crummy I was feeling and the doctor looked at me and was like, you know, you're in a really good mood for feeling so horrible and of what you're going through and in my head I'm like yeah because I don't have to work right now mm -hmm. and that was such a huge wake-up call where I was like it's okay to admit that you're not happy it's okay if things aren't working out you do not need to stay there for a full year to prove yourself to prove society to prove to mom and dad to prove to your friends that hey I made it to a year I'm good it's gonna look good on my resume it's not you giving up it's seeing you recognizing that enough is enough and I'm going to need like chills right now. Just yeah, like me so intense, you know, because it's just so it allowed me to finally step in my power for the first time in a really long time. And then that started to really trickle into so many parts of my life because I believed in my self-worth and I realized that I can't keep going like this. And this was, you know, I mean, we're recording. I'm like, what month is it? I don't even know what day is it. It's June <laughs> yeah. right now. This happened in October. And on the day that I got so sick, I have this like affirmation calendar and on the affirmation calendar, the day that I broke down, it was like the perfect job is going to present itself to you at the perfect timing. And I took that and I posted it up and I saved it. And I always looked at that in my little meditation area, yes. you know, and, and that was when I finally spoke to one of my best friends who was connected with you. And I just said, I would love to work with somebody who can help with helping me and, and getting out of this situation and helping with the resume. And then I connected with you, you know, mm -hmm. and it took a lot of time. And it was finally, you know, like getting to a point where I was like, at, like, okay, if I don't get another job and figure this out, like I am going to have to like leave and quit. But yeah. I, it's the financial piece too. There's a lot, there's a lot to balance. It's not a lot of my friends were like, just quit, just quit, just quit. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like I am not like married and can like lean on a, somebody else's health insurance or right. like I have like bills to pay. But at the end of the day, if somebody can make it happen and really make it financially work if they're in such an unhealthy environment then you know we got to do it that's a really long answer to that as well <laughs> don't apologize it's all the best stuff and what people need to hear I when you were talking about the contract that part is another thing that I started looking at more seriously when I started looking for other positions because I do have other passions. I love doing the podcast. I love the other company that I am building right now. And one of my bosses at a previous company, we had a conversation and he told all of the employees that they couldn't do other work unless it was approved through him. Essentially what they call like a moonlighting clause where uh, you can't actually work for other companies while you are employed for them. So I always scour the actual contract before signing it because I don't ever want to put myself in a situation where I can't also do some of my own passions and uh, pursue my dreams on the side as well because that is what helps me continue to be excited about the work that I do in a day job 
is because I can do these other things on the side that also bring me happiness. And the fact that that company was saying, you have to work these long shifts, you have to work weekends or nights or holidays or whatever that is. Gosh, that is such a poor, it's proof of a really poor work environment that is either happening or going to happen at some point. And if that wasn't the perfect sign for you of getting sick and feeling relieved to be so ill, like I was the same. I had full body chills probably harder than I've had in a long time because that is so significant. And I've been in similar positions where I've I've put off leaving companies that weren't a right fit for me because I felt an obligation even though they were not doing anything good for me. I still kept trying to to fix things to improve stuff before I left and and felt like I needed to put it in a good place and give enough notice and all the things and so anyone listening if you have been in this position or are in this position it's okay to leave and knowing those boundaries like you said you don't have a spouse to lean on you don't have uh, another health insurance option right now so what's best is for you to kind of work through what you can while looking for something else. And I'm curious because obviously we've worked together for several months now on and off and I've been so impressed with how you've handled yourself. I forget how toxic and awful the environment was because you held things together so well in our sessions and and your outlook for these other positions and even if you were getting turned down what did you do to protect yourself from the negativity while searching for other positions yeah and that's such a great question and I appreciate you bringing that up I had my non-negotiables where you know actually I I had this I'm gonna go grab this post-it note that I posted right on like my work desk area yes and it's just like those little reminders where if like oof, like if you're having a rough day, you have this at your workstation to kind of look at. And so mine, this was my personal list. Again, I'm religious. So take what works for whoever's listening, but like either pray, turn it over, do four, seven, eight breathing where you breathe in for four counts, hold for seven counts, breathe out for eight counts. And that really gets you in your body. And like, instead of like out of trauma Mm -hmm. really quick, changing your self-talk, visualizing that it's all going to work out and just kind of like closing your eyes and thinking that call a friend, you know, get your support system really close with you, you know, and and I do, I'm an energy healer. So I do like a lot of energetic work and just kind of like tapping as like, you know, if anybody's familiar with tapping kind of like allows the emotions to move through the body. So, you know, and, and I had my daily things where every morning I woke up really early and I made sure that I worked out. I incorporated yoga into every day in 2021. I incorporated hiking on the weekends because that's so grounding for me. But mm-hmm. just making sure that like I could, you know, like with all the isolation this last year, you know, it's really hard. So I was making sure I could be with friends like outdoors by you know, just making sure I schedule more Zoom or FaceTime dates with friends or family. And because I felt like, you know, when people would be like, how are you? You know, it's like, I want to be real. I want to be authentic and not be like, I'm okay. But it was just like, I felt like this like broken record of like, I really am not happy. And, you know, a lot of times people keep saying that they're happy and they think that they're stuck in that. And it might be too uncomfortable to get out of that stuck place. But for me, it's no other option. 
I really had to do some deep work on myself and say, you know what, like I'm worth it. And now it's time to figure it out. And during that time, it was like, you know, you and I were working together. I was trying to figure out like, you know, working where I live right now. And it was just like, nothing like really resonated with me. Then I was like, do I go back to school? Like, I just felt really lost for a bit. Yeah. So it was kind of like having that awareness of I'm not happy and I'm ready to get out of this company. And then that kind of like, halfway middle place of looking at all my options and then just kind of freaking out not knowing and then getting the clarity in the end but it's also knowing my boundaries like you know knowing not to respond to emails super late at night because then people will start to expect that knowing not to respond to text messages late at night or on the weekends because people will start to expect that you're standing up for yourself and believing in your self-worth by holding healthy boundaries like we don't need to go on crazy boundary benders, but it's just really good to understand like, no, like this is my time. I'm going to very much put a lunch break in place and to really like honor that and, you know, close up the work day and say, you know what, I can do these things tomorrow. Not everything has to get done tonight. Or, oh, is my coworker asking me to do something for them when they can clearly do it for themselves? No, I'm not going to do that for them anymore. I got enough on my plate. They can do it and take care of it for themselves too. I love that. I think it's so important. And all of the list really was focused around self-care and uh, setting those boundaries, which is so hard sometimes, especially as women, we feel like maybe we have something to prove or we have to say yes to certain things or uh, we're not going to be seen as equals if our male counterparts are willing to do the work or whatever that might be. And I love that you had an actual list that you could physically look at when things were getting rough in the workspace in in your day or your week and how you mentioned as well of setting those boundaries. And for anyone who's tuning in, obviously this message or topic struck a chord with you in some way. Maybe you're thinking, oh, my workplace is headed there and I want to figure out how to avoid it. Well, you as an individual can certainly work to set those boundaries. And if you feel like someone has crossed those or even the company has crossed those boundaries, starting to work towards the conversation of how do we how do we have conversations with our direct leaders to say, hey, I realize that I've been doing these things and it's actually not really bringing me a lot of happiness in the workplace? How can we work together to get maybe this certain thing off my plate? Or how can I set a boundary with the team that I'm not going to be as responsive? Because sometimes we think, oh, we're this great leader. I'm always available. But that's actually not always an indicator of a great leader. Great leaders also have boundaries. And I've seen both ends where team members are constantly available. You'll always get a response. And then there's the other ones who are saying, Hey, I'll get back to you. If it's an actual emergency, always feel free to text me. So they know that they're there for that support. But you think about the work-life balance, the happiness of each of those team members. And sure, some people maybe do just love to work all the time, but think about that kind of healthy boundaries and what you want to set as an example for your team, because I've certainly been on teams where they've said, Hey, uh, you can take this holiday off if you want, but we're going to be working me as the CEO, uh, and the VP or co-founder. So if you have stuff to do, you should probably also work. But if you feel you don't have work to do, you can take the day off. And I immediately responded to that because I had a good relationship with these leaders. And I said, 
Absolutely no one is going to take time off with the way you positioned that email. And to him, he thought, oh, it wasn't me trying to be rude. I was saying like they could take the day off if they wanted. And I said, no, we need to retract that and have a new conversation with the team that everyone gets the day off and there is no ifs, ends, or buts about it. And if you and the CEO want to work, you can work, but the team needs a break. They have not had time off. People have been working extra hours. We're all severely underpaid because this is a new startup and we believe in the product. So I I was I set the boundary for our team because some people might not have felt comfortable doing that. So yeah, it's it's crazy how quickly things can start to go downhill. Yeah, and, and that's so beautiful and powerful that, you know, it shows your true leadership and just saying, no, absolutely not, because you're looking out not just for yourself, but for the entire company and for your team. And that's a good leader, you know, and unfortunately, I see a big theme in a lot of toxic workplaces. It's that it's just poor leadership. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. You know, like some people just go into roles that like, they're just not meant to be in those roles and they would thrive in something else. And it's just like a logistical thing that just needs to be transferred and around. But then there's also ego that gets involved and people don't want to leave where they are. And it's just really, really unfortunate. When I know, like I, I had an assistant and, and she was so wonderful and amazing and so positive. And the other day she's like, you know, I just really need to thank you. Like you taught me what self care was. And I never knew what that was until you showed me. Uh And that just like, I'm like going to cry, you know, it's just like, so, so powerful, so needed, you know, and it's like any team that I lead moving forward, it's like teaching them, making sure that they have their self care and prioritizing that or else we can't be the best that we can be. That doesn't make for a strong, you know, employee, coworker, team, human being in any way. And when you show that general care, to your team that you're leading, that you're working side by side and asking them genuinely, no, really, how are you? It just means so much. Yes. It's crazy how the smallest things can make such a difference. And I'm so happy that she shared that with you, that you did make an impact because I'm sure you made an impact on others and they might not ever admit that to you. Some for pride reasons or some for whatever other reasons that maybe they feel like you already know how great you are. But I think that's amazing to to hear that, that you made an impact where you were. And now, you know, there's other things that are better out there for you. What advice would you give to someone then who's in a similar situation? I know you've talked so much about self-care, but do you have anything else that you would add as advice for someone potentially in this similar situation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, everybody, it's different for every single person. It's kind of at the end of the day, do you really want to stay with the company? And do you really like love what you are doing, like in the role? Or is it kind of like, no, I'm out, then, then that says a lot. But you know, it's, is there anybody at the company, whether it is HR, whether it's your direct report that you can kind of speak to about this to see like what can change. Mm-hmm. I personally had my review in the beginning of the year with, with my boss at the time who, who wasn't like our general manager, you know, and I told him like these different suggestions and he just looked at me. He's like, as long as the general manager is still here, none of that's going to happen. And that just said a lot, yeah. but at least I tried and I spoke up versus just not speaking up for myself in my direct company that was still in, in hopes of trying to positively make an impact or change things. And 
any, and that's unfortunate. So if, if you've already tried that, or, you know, if you don't really have that opportunity, then it's kind of saying, okay, like, I don't have to stay here and, and start looking on LinkedIn, start looking on Indeed, ZipRecruiter, Glassdoor, start mm-hmm. seeing if anything like really stands out to you, like what feels good, start talking to your friends, you know, networking is so huge and so important, start talking to the people that you do know that you feel comfortable kind of sharing like, hey, you know, I'm actually keeping my eyes open to see what else is out there. Just know that you're not stuck, know that change is constant. And you are in charge of your destiny here and you can make changes. It really does matter about taking the action steps though. And whether that's writing a list of your action steps, whether that's spending, you know, an hour, you know, four nights out of the week on just looking at different jobs or sending LinkedIn messages to different connections or previous jobs or friends that you've known since high school that you've been talked to in 20 years, all things that I've done and it's uncomfortable and it's weird. And it's like, Oh, I don't want to do this, but yeah, I, everybody I feel like would be just shocked and, and surprised at kind of like how strong their support system is and how they are here to help you kind of catapult into being in a much saner, healthier space. Yes, I think that's amazing. So we have some good news here. I think that we made a perfect time to record this episode on a really great day and heading in the right direction. So do you want to share some news with us? My gosh. Yes. Okay. I'm so excited. So I actually had my last day with this company we've been discussing about yesterday, which is amazing. And before I kind of share the what's next, something that I do want to say is, you know, in no way am I trying to to put down this company? I just wanted to kind of share the truth of how, what my experience, and again, this was my experience, nobody else's experience, but if it, okay, during a time of COVID where a lot of people did not have a job, I had a job in health insurance and that I was so grateful for. I would not have been prepared for what's next in my life or even qualified if it wasn't for this job. This job that I had made me such a strong individual, not just in my career, but as a human being and as a leader. And I am endlessly grateful for it. So, you know, so Nicole and I started working together kind of after my body literally broke down and, you know, she was so amazing, so supportive, so helpful and kind of, you know, we revamped my my resume, got some great guidance, and and I realized that I, I actually wanted to move out of state. And so knowing that I wanted to move out of state and had the state in mind, it was like, okay, like, let's just start looking for jobs. Mm-hmm. And something that I learned from Nicole, it's, again, that kind of like marketing yourself, it's okay, if you see a company that really speaks to you and their core values line up to you, send them a LinkedIn note, introduce yourself. And that's what I did for this really amazing company that really spoke to me. And after three months of making connections, really making that relationship with this company, I had eight interviews and a crazy project I had to do. And I and I got my dream job. And the day I got offered my dream job in this out of state, I also found my beautiful home and I'm moving in three weeks from tomorrow and I start my new job on Monday virtually. And it's just so 
amazing. And it wasn't like, screw you to the last job in any way. I left on on really good terms and I worked really hard and diligently to set that team up for success in my departure and transitioning out. But I got in my car and I drove to a friend's house and on my way over there, I just started bawling of happiness. And I was just saying out loud, I'm so proud of you. And I kept saying to myself, I am so proud of you. I am so proud of you. I am so proud of you. And I was so grateful for just being able to kind of walk into something so beautiful and something really important that I I hope listeners take note of is in any interview I've ever done in my life, I never asked the question, what's work-life balance like? What is self-care to you? How do you promote that within your company? How do you promote that within your team? What's the thing that really speaks to your heart in this company, in this role with your team members? How do people get along? I never ask those questions. I always ask the basics. I learned that it is a non-negotiable that I ask that. Every single person that I ask in every single interview for my new job, I ask them that and their answers just blew me away with so much grace, so much dignity, so much honesty and and it just made me feel so good knowing that that this is the right decision for me. And I feel on a gut level, I worked really hard for it. And, and I'm so grateful, like, you know, like Nicole has just been so amazing and just talking with her and she was constantly supporting me and having my friends and my family just believing in me and then just getting the call that I got it and just like literally fist pumping the air for probably 20 minutes and jumping up and down of just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And it's like, no, like, I'm like, I made this happen. And because I believed in myself, because I knew that I didn't have to stay stuck. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and I I didn't leave in a malicious way for my last company. And I didn't treat anybody in anything negative. And I just, you know, I gave them the proper two weeks notice and, and I'm moving forward to something so beautiful and and I'm so excited for what's to come. I learned so much from the whole experience in this previous company. And again, it, it really prepared me to be who I am today. And I am so grateful for that. So it's kind of, I, I see the reality that it was a toxic place to be, but but I do try to kind of say, okay, thank goodness for learning everything that you did though. And look at the, the gratitude piece in it too. Certainly. I think resilience is such an amazing attribute for someone to have because even though it was so difficult during certain periods of time and, and the constant struggle of having those leaders really breathing down your throat and and having so much pressure on you you were resilient and you knew that there were better things coming your way and that's what I hope for anyone tuning in who is thinking what am I going to do I have that exact leader or I have that micromanaging boss who is adding too much to my plate and I I loved working here at one point and how has that changed and and knowing that it's okay to move on and I think it says so much about you that you, I remember you reached out and you said, how much notice do I need to give to my current company? And I gave you that freedom to say, you could honestly quit tomorrow for your health, like for your happiness, for all the things. As soon as you got that job offer, I said, I give you permission to quit without any notice. 
and you instead said, no, I, I want to make sure that I leave things on good terms. You didn't want to burn any bridges, which again is such a huge, huge thing on your end to still put yourself through some of that pain and struggle, knowing it's coming to an end, which is obviously super nice because you know that something else is coming that's so much better, but you didn't have to do that and you still did, which says so much about you and they're they're probably never going to recognize how amazing that was, but those other people you work with and mentored certainly do know that and I think that's amazing. I also, if you don't end up working with a coach like myself, I think it's helpful to have someone to talk to, whether that's another mentor or someone else who you work with uh, who understands that you're wanting to leave your current environment because it was helpful for you to reach out and say, hey, this is the message I'm thinking of sending. Does it sound dumb? Like, should I reach out again? We're supposed to meet up and I'm not sure if I should send another email. So it was always nice, I think, to have a a support system for you when you were feeling a little insecure at times to be able to say, should I do this thing? And for me to say, absolutely reach out again. Absolutely try to connect while you're visiting that city that you're going to be moving to. Absolutely send follow-up messages to the people that you're interviewing with and and having someone to reread uh, what you're sending so that you felt most confident throughout the process. One thing I wanted to ask as well is when you got introduced to this company, did they have a current opening available for the position that you wanted to work in? Or were you saying, hey, I love everything about your company. I need to work there at some point. Like, let's start talking. Can you walk me through a little bit of that? Yeah. So they had kind of like an entry level position. I'm currently have been in management and I was like, you know, I just want to get like my foot in the door. So I'm going to apply for this. And they didn't have an option to do a cover letter. And, you know, like living out of state, you know, you really got to make your, make yourself stand out. So I reached out to one of their directors on LinkedIn, who obviously I'd never met before. And I introduced myself and I said, this is a dream company to work for. This is why. And I would love to connect with you. And at the same time, I had applied for the entry level role. And one of the recruiters reached out to me the next day. And then she was like, you know, what? actually, you'd be really great for some potential leadership roles that we have coming up in the near future. So let's just have you talk to a director. And the director was the same woman I had already reached out to. So she had already agreed and wanting to talk to me and then was like, Oh, okay, so now I have this recruiter Mm -hmm. saying for me to talk to me or for this person, and to talk to me. And this person has already reached out to me. So like, yes, absolutely. And y'all like, I reached out to a lot of people on LinkedIn and, and not everybody got back to me. That's okay. Like, but there are a lot of people out there that want to help you thrive and succeed. And, you know, if you're going to these like huge, massive corporations, it might be a little bit more difficult to kind of get your foot in the door but it doesn't mean that you can't make it happen. And there's so many different opportunities and options to make that happen. But at this time, the role that I ended up taking on today, it wasn't available. And so I just fostered and built this relationship with the director in this company. And then I ended up visiting this place where I'm now going to be moving to sent a follow up and said, would love to take you out for like COVID friendly coffee outside (laughs) or whatever you're comfortable with. And we were able to connect. And then that's when she was just like, you know, we are going to be opening up this role. And, 
you have a lot of skills and, and your personality and we'll reach out to you when it is. So it was a lot of patience and waiting. And I was also applying to tons of other jobs and, and mm-hmm. getting rejected and, and rejecting jobs and yes. not having people not even reach out when I replied. And, but at the end of the day, I always felt right about this company and something too, like I'm, I'm a big manifester and super spiritual person. And before I knew about this company and I had connected with them, but I didn't know about this role, but I had made a recording on my phone that just said, this is how you're going to feel when you walk through the interview process for your dream company. And then I named the company in this manifestation recording. This is how you're going to feel when you go and you meet up with this person. This is how you're going to feel. It's going to feel like this when you're communicating to these people. Mm -hmm. And this is what you're going to feel when they offer you the job. And this is what they're going to offer you with the salary, with the benefits, with retirement. And this is how you're going to feel when you turn in your two weeks. And this is how you're going to feel on your last day. And I would listen to it constantly all the time, not every day, but a lot, just to kind of put it in my head, put it in my head. And the way that I describe that role of what I would be doing in my manifestation is exactly what I'm going to be doing. And everything that manifestation came true. And that is so powerful. And again, at the end of the day, it all comes down to that core thing of believing in yourself and knowing your worth. Everything else, the job, the move, the whatever, like that's all the the beautiful pieces of it and the goals. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's just how are you going to believe in yourself? And I started at the ground where I hated myself so long ago. And it takes a lot of time. And if you don't right now believe in yourself today, it doesn't mean that you can't in time. And it might not be an overnight thing, but by working with a coach, by working with friends, by having your support system, by just speaking up and owning it and saying, you know what, I can make things change because I want the best for me because you absolutely deserve the best for you. All of us do. But a lot of us don't give ourselves that chance because we were told we can't have that opportunity. And I say, screw that. And I want to be able to change the world to know that like, that's not, and that's why I'm like, so honored to be able to like do this podcast with you tonight, because at the end of the day, like we can make our wildest dreams come true, but we have to believe in ourselves first and our friends and our family are going to believe in ourselves. So if we forget how to love and believe in ourselves, then we just reach out to them. So yeah, I am so excited. Words can't even express. Like, I mean, I'm about to like go camping this weekend and my first day is on my birthday. Like how appropriate is that? So it's just, it's pretty divine timing. Yes. And honestly, I've had a smile on my face the whole time we've been talking because I'm just so proud of you and how you've grown. I remember there's been times where you were like, look, I, I can't spend an hour a day applying for jobs. Like it's exhausting. And we had to figure out what was going to make most sense for you. I've been in that same position where applying for jobs is so emotionally draining to look at the Mm -hmm. company to see if that would be a good fit for you. It's not simply adding your resume to every single job that might be a good fit when you really are trying to figure out that next best step for you in the way that it's going to respect everything that you've built over these past several years. I remember both of us have been through kind of those lows of 
not hearing back or uh, feeling like we got excited about something and then they chose another candidate or whatever that might have looked like, even rejecting positions that could have offered us a job and said no to. And I think it's been so fun going through similar things with you because it's so easy to relate to clients when I'm going through the exact same thing. And and then when you started proactively reaching out, again, that's it's such a, a happiness thing for me because that's something that I want more women to do is feel comfortable reaching out uh, to these companies that you're interested in. We talked about a dream list and you started going after uh, dream companies or similar to those to find something that was right for you. And because of that, and you were willing to go entry level. I remember when you told me, hey, like this probably is never going to work out financially, but like I'm willing to take an entry level position because I want it that badly. They could feel that in the best of ways instead of coming at it out of scarcity, out of I need to leave a toxic work environment. You came into this saying, I'll do whatever it takes. Like I'll start from the bottom and work my way up. I will come in with all this energy. I want to make sure through my whole interview process, it's coming off as authentic as possible. And in that sense, you found the questions that were at your core, what made, what makes an environment something that you want to work in. And I would encourage others to do the same, skip out on those generic questions, really figure out what is most important to you and finding a way to ask that. So I am I'm so proud of you and I cannot wait for this next chapter. I would love to follow up even in like six months or whenever yeah. that is uh, to have another episode if you're uh, down for that to update the, the audience. I'm sure that they would love to hear what's going well and, and how much happier you are and, and all the advice and wisdom you have. I would love that so much. And I think, yeah, we definitely need to do that. Yeah. And again, I'm so honored and grateful for this experience just to share my story and just please always believe in yourself and know that all the good is coming for you as long as you believe in yourself. Yes. Believe in yourself. Start going out and looking for that. Don't stay in a position for six months, 12 months, two years, because you feel like you have to, you certainly do not have to. And if you have to explain that to an employer that, Hey, you know, I joined this company because of these reasons and the current feel of the environment is this. And I realized I needed to look for something else that was going to bring me a little bit more happiness. And there's ways to talk about that, that aren't going to come off as sometimes people can misread or misunderstand what you're actually trying to say, because you're trying to be so nice about it. You speak almost like too high level, but yeah, definitely reach out to friends who've been through it or someone like myself as a career coach for some of that guidance. But did you have anything else you want to share with the audience? I think I'm good. I think I said it all. Thank you so much again. No, this was so great. Super cathartic and healing. (laughs) Good. I am happy. I know it's, it's tough to relive some of those hard things, but even going through my struggles of finding a new position for myself, I've thought, you know what, this is honestly what makes me so relatable and empathetic to anyone who's going through the same because I'm the one here coaching that you can make it through these things. And I thought that I would just be able to get a job as soon as I said I wanted one. And it was definitely not the case. So it's helpful 
to be appreciative of the struggle, but then knowing how much you overcame for that. So again, always going to be so proud of you and so happy for you and such a great weekend ahead. And yeah, starting on your birthday, that's, it's obviously a perfect gift for you after the last almost two years. Yeah. Thank you so much. So excited and can't wait to do a follow-up check-in in six months. Perfect. All right. Well, my anonymous guest, I guess I will see you later. Thanks, Nick. Bye. Bye. All right. I loved today's episode because toxic workplaces are a thing. Toxic bosses are a thing and people don't leave jobs. They leave their bosses and so much of why my guest was unhappy was because the upper leadership was not empowering. They didn't care about their employees. They were breaking protocols that were set by those people as far as what was going on during COVID and needing to wear a mask when in office and certain employees felt extremely uncomfortable because those guidelines that were laid out by those people were the very people who weren't abiding by them. So what kind of message does that send, right? And I think it's important to recognize that so many people are willing to work in a company that isn't super great if the people they're working with are really great. So if you are in a position where you're at an amazing company, I had a gal reach out not even a few weeks ago who said, I work for Facebook and I don't like my job, but it's Facebook. So she felt kind of guilty looking for other positions and I kind of challenged her saying, why? You know, Facebook is great, but if you don't have a boss who is empowering you, who's living up to these values that Facebook has set, then it's okay to look for something else. If you're not thriving, if you're being told that you're going to get promoted and you've applied for several different positions to get promoted and you get turned down and you continue to get the same vague feedback, that to me is an internal red flag. And sure, sometimes things happen and you get looked over for certain different things. But if you're kind of being strung along and people are keeping you in one position because you're really great at it or because they don't want to find someone else uh, to cover for your role so they're more willing to maybe hire someone who has less experience or someone outside, then know your worth and consider other options. And although I didn't end up working with this potential client who had reached out for some initial guidance, she followed up and said, I have received five job offers. And I was like, what? So excited for her. And I thought that was amazing. It's a true testament that she has so much worth in the sense that five other companies are jumping at the opportunity to hire her. So it's a great time to evaluate where you're at. It's July. We're in the second half of the year. I highly recommend not reevaluating your career at the end of the year. I think around the holidays, it's just not a great time to reevaluate your career and what you're looking to do for change and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so having a midpoint of the year is great to review. Okay, do I want to start looking for something else? Because if so, it's great to 
jump ship now and find another job so that you feel a little bit more stable right around the holidays and you can really truly enjoy those moments with your family and loved ones. I had another close friend reach out to me and obviously she knows what I do, but we weren't really talking too much about uh, career coaching by any means. But when I was talking about my recent job offers and kind of my process, she said to me, you know what, that really made me think of how much I am making each year. She's on commissions and she broke it down to say, okay, this is how many hours I'm putting in. This is what my commissions are. She thought she was making more than she was, but when she broke it all down and taxes and all that, she was very much not excited about what that broke down to for the last six months. So it got her thinking, I actually need to figure out something else pretty soon here because I don't want to do a review in December of my entire year and be extremely let down at my overall commissions. So I'm glad I looked at it now, now that it's midpoint of the year. And now I can figure out what do I actually want to do? So I'm glad that having some of these conversations has sparked that discussion or thought in other people to really consider what else is out there. And I, I'm telling you, if you are thinking, oh, well, I'm not sure if something better is out there for me. Clearly in this episode with my guest today, you can hear how she proactively reached out to a random company that she was excited about and they ended up having a position being open that she was a great fit for. And since that podcast recording, I've been talking with her about how her new job is going and how things are feeling for her. And she is absolutely on cloud nine. Both of us have gotten job offers and we've thought, wow, we know our worth, but how great is it to work at a company who also recognizes that and truly appreciates that worth? And I think that's a true testament for you to really consider. If you're happy, great, but could you be happier somewhere else? And I'm not saying you need to reconsider all of your life choices right now, but for your career, it's helpful to say, okay, where are we at with my salary or hourly pay? What does my career progression look like? Have I had discussions with my boss about what that could look like? And if you haven't, how could you have those conversations? Let's create a plan and then start executing that plan. And as a reminder, check out the updated episode with everything that has changed and happened since this initial recording. Check out episode 235 for a follow-up to this interview. All right, on that note, we'll see you next time.